Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome once again to the United States of a movie podcast. My favorite part of every week as we try to achieve the impossible, that is to pick one movie to represent each state in these United States. It is a great, great conversation to get into. This week we're getting into Hawaii, but before we get there, I have to welcome my amazing co-hosts, Ryan Sandler. Welcome back to the show. It is. I am looking forward to this one. This, this is going to be a banger, because yet again, there are some random movies in there, and it's because of you guys. Also, welcome back, producer Will. Will, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. I am the American colonel leading this Navy. <laughs> Flawless. Flawless Liam Neeson impression right there. Um, yeah, as I was saying at the beginning, is the, the state we're trying to take down this week is Hawaii. Um, when we got into this one, I was really fascinated to see where the guys went, especially considering my choice was the number one choice when it came to Hawaii. In fact, a movie that I desperately want to talk to with other people. And for my eternal shame, the only movie in my entire life that I watched in the theater, walked out of at the end, bought another ticket and went back and watched it again. The 2012 movie Battleship, directed by Peter Berg, starring Taylor Kitsch, Alexander Skarsgård, Brooklyn Decker, Liam Neeson, uh, Rihanna, Jesse Plemons, all kinds of people uh, turning up in this particular movie. It's a monster but not quite as monstrous as some of the other movies that were chosen. Uh, Will, Will, what did you bring to the table? I brought the, uh, the classic hard ticket to Hawaii. Um, and I, I'm so glad we all got to experience this movie together. I've, of course, experienced it numerous times. Ollie, this was your first time, correct? Yes, it was. In fact, so uh, for the listeners, as we actually did a sort of like a Zoom watch, we all joined a Zoom call yesterday. We all started the movie at the same time, and it was—it's uh, truly, truly bonkers. Um, it is Raytheon levels of crazy. Uh, it's made in 1987. It's written and directed. Um, both of those I use loosely um, yes. by Andy Sidaris. Uh, it stars Ron Moss, Donna Spear, Hope Marie Colton, and um, some boobs. Lots and lots of boobs. And a Lots very of- realistic boa constrictor snake. Incredibly realistic. In fact, maybe some of the greatest Jim Henson-style puppeteering I've ever seen in any kind of movie. But we're not done yet. Ryan, what did you bring to the table? I'm so glad you did as well. I, You know, I, for as long as we've been doing this podcast, and I think I've been waiting to the, for the Hawaii episode more than you because you've brought up Battleship maybe every single episode. <laughs> I am not sure. Um... <laughs> I picked, uh, I, I really wanted to go with Hard Ticket to Hawaii, but I'm so glad that Will picked it. But I went with, um, I went with Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. 
I, it's been so long since I'd seen it. I'm yeah. so glad you chose it. 2008, I still think of that as like a relatively new movie. I can't yeah. believe yeah. it came out, but it's directed by Nicholas Stoller. Um, it was written by and stars Jason Siegel, also stars Jason Siegel's penis, Kristen Bell, Mila Kunis, Russell Brand, Bill Hader, Jonah Hill, Paul Rudd, Jack McBride. I mean, the cast of this movie is stacked, absolutely stacked. Um and it was it was such a joyful watch because I was I was texting you guys as we often do when we're watching these movies, and I was just kind of there's a lot that I'd forgotten about the movie, even to the point that I forgot that Jason Siegel wrote it, and it's just yeah. it's, it's so perfect for him, isn't it? Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't seen it in a long time. It's one of those things that I, it was such a huge part of that era of like these Judd Apatow adjacent films with all of these all of the key players. And I hadn't seen it in a while and just rewatching it again for this podcast with fresh eyes. You really you really catch the subtle nuance. And uh, I didn't realize just how much of his dick you see in this movie. <laughs> All of it. Yeah, <laughs> it is a, for a long period of time. It is. I mean, it's also just it's done so well. And I remember people writing articles about it. You know, just like going, it's just he went full dong, but it's all just it's played so well for comedic effect. That's we, like we talked about in the last episode about how good the the foley work was in Dumb and Dumber, and I think it's uh, it's on it's on display here too. <laughs> the, the flap is like some of the funniest like sound effects I've ever heard in any movie. <laughs> the part they're referring to is very near the beginning, where uh, Kristen Bell, who is the titular Sarah Marshall, comes in. Uh, Jason Siegel's just got out of the shower. And he sort of welcomes her home by with a, hey, I got something for you. And you just hear the slap, 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 slap. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Is the Foley artist just doing that? Or has he just got like a, was that, was that recorded live? Or was someone there with just like a sausage, just slapping it against another sausage? I'm just glad that wasn't the uncut version of this movie. <laughs> oh, dude, I, <laughs> actually, I think the first time I ever saw this, in fact, the first few times I ever saw this movie was the unrated version. So I think this was like the first time for a long time I've ever seen the theatrical. And there were some sort of sort of subtle differences. But again, I often find, you know, I'm a big fan of director's cuts and stuff, but I find unrated cuts actually don't really work as well. They just end up being longer and they just put more jokes in. And that's about it. So this movie yeah. was pretty tight. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, it's so funny. I, in, I'd seen this movie so many times and usually for the pod, I have no problem rewatching the movie. I'm like, ah, you know, I know it enough. And But I went on YouTube to try and like just re-familiarize myself with certain bits of like the restaurant and things like that. I didn't realize how many like deleted scenes there are from this movie like there's a whole scene in a yoga studio with Kristen Wiig as the yoga instructor it's like they cut oh, wow. there's a lot of extra stuff uh in this movie you can see why they cut it for pacing issues but still very funny stuff I'm, I'm yeah I bet there's a bunch left on the cutting room floor when you've got a bunch of improvisers like this cast right oh yeah yeah it's kind of like it's kind of like with Anchorman how like they were able to make like an entire other movie out of all the cut footage it's almost that level of like cut footage phenomenal <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, oh, we've done it again! Yay! Uh, so the actual, so the plot, the plot of this movie um, is that uh, Jason Siegel's character is dating Sarah Marshall, which is Kristen Bell's character. She's like a like a TV cop. He writes the music for that show. They've been dating for five years, and then she comes back, breaks up with him, and he doesn't take it too well. There's some really great comedy in just his spiral. Um, which is hilarious. And eventually he decides with kind of like along the suggestion of his best mate, Bill Hader, well, also stepbrother, um, to go on a vacation to Hawaii. 
and he goes to this one particular resort which just so happens to have his ex-girlfriend Kristen Bell with her new boyfriend, rock star Aldous, Aldous Snow, um, played by, and that was kind of like the movie debut for a lot of people, by Russell Brand. Remember Russell Brand? No. Yeah, before he kind of like went, went a little crazy and uh, now just rambles on about nonsense on whatever YouTube channel he's on. Oh, he's, he's on Rumble. Yeah, he, he went old James Woods. <laughs> <laughs> but like he is, you, I remember actually seeing his casting video and like they were like, they say they were casting a bunch of people and then Russell Brand came in and was just being Russell Brand about things. And that they were like, and done. <laughs> he was cast yeah. instantly. I can't picture anyone else doing that role. Yeah, one of the other casting choices that's mentioned is uh, they were talking about Charlie Hunnam for the Aldous Snow role. Oh, um, yeah. And I, I can't picture that working no. at all. No. It would have been, it would have been way more conventional. I think he would have just been like the good looking rock star as opposed mm-hmm. to just like the complete randomness of out yeah. of snow and the way he moves yeah. and oh no if I'd even a drop of alcohol I'd be rimming the guy you know he's got that funny way yeah. of saying his eyes mm-hmm. and, and everything yeah. else and he's just so weird and bendy and he, he yeah. does he does look I mean they almost they almost cast him or made the role for him because he is in recovery yeah. and he does look like a rock star and he is as funny as he is and he does yoga and is bendy. So it just, yeah. I think it just filled his whole character yeah. and he becomes hilarious. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It, it, he definitely makes the movie. Like it, that's, it's such a pivotal character for this movie and I think he, him next to second only to my, my boy Bill Hader steals the absolute <laughs> show in this movie. <laughs> I, I still quote, I will equalize you like all the time. <laughs> Imagine if he imagine if he did he suggests he go to Stad. Imagine if he did go there instead of Hawaii, how much how different of a movie this would be. Dude, I want to see the sequel where they go to Stad. I hear it's beautiful. Yeah. Um yeah. and so of course it's uh, he turns up at the hotel, there's no room there. He's being checked in by Mila Kunis, who I thought she's just so beautiful in this movie. I like I've always yeah. thought Mila Kunis is beautiful and funny and like very talented, but in this particular movie, I think she's just every time she's on screen, I'm like, oh my goodness. Her yeah. eyes. I can't. I cannot stop looking at her beautiful eyes. Yeah. But um, she does him a favor. Oh, yeah. so, so basically, he clocks Kristen Bell and um, Russell Brand. She gives him a free hotel, and so starts kind of an interesting sort of like burgeoning relationship with um, Mila Kunis and Jason Segel. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, every five minutes, another famous person turns up in the movie and just yeah. makes it funnier. It is, I mean, Jonah Hill is being brilliant. Oh. That's like, again, where he'd sort of like, that was when Jonah Hill was still starting to pop. And he yeah, just like posts, was this, I forget was this, if this was post, I think Superbad was 2007 yeah, maybe? Yeah, it's post Superbad. Yeah. He's done a couple of sort of other movies like yeah. that. And this is like, just one of those other appearances that, you know, oh, it's that guy, that funny guy. Yeah. I tell you a character that I couldn't get enough of. And in fact, I remembered as soon as they turned up was the, ca- the character, play, is it Jack McBrayer, McBrayer? Uh, Jack McBriar, yeah. Yeah, he, the guy from Very, 30 Rock. Him and his missus oh were like the, the newly married Christian couple. <laughs> and he just sees sin in everything. And the struggles that he has for sleeping with his wife throughout that movie, he's so funny. I, I felt his anxiety. I was just cringing along with it. I thought he was so good. It's such a weird D-plot that... That brings nothing to the movie except comic relief. Oh, D plot. But it's but it's still so <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, but it, it brings like really nothing 
nothing substantial to the film except it helped except you get the benefit of a scene where he where he shares the screen with Aldous Snow on a <laughs> on a chess on a large beach sized chess chessboard where he teaches him how to how to fuck. <laughs> it's just yeah. my my wife and he's doing that whole like the freak out and then and you yeah. know and he's not slapping himself in the head and you just like but it does it does set up for one of the funniest lines in the movie and Ollie I think you know what it is is it the when is Christ is between your legs is that? <laughs> You know, no, I was going to say when they're all at the bar and he's, you know, he's unveiling, he's like, I'm here with my wife and she wants me to do all of these things. And he's like, God shouldn't have put a sewage plant next to a playground and all of this. And his loving wife comes down and he's like, hey, come to bed. And he goes up there begrudgingly. And Paul Rudd, guys, I, guys, Paul Rudd is phenomenal in this movie. Drops one of the, the funniest casual lines. He's like, I like her hair. I wonder if the carpet matches her pubes. And, and, and I, feel like, I feel like Jason Siegel's response is just so natural. He's just like, was not expecting him to say that. I don't know if it's script or not. It's but. so funny. Paul Rudd is Kunu. Uh, Kunu. What does it mean? It means Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Paul Rudd is the surf instructor. Um, he's, he's absolutely oh amazing. I mean, we haven't even talked about Kristen Bell. But like, so Kristen Bell, like, I think this is like, I didn't really know Kristen Bell. Like, I never really, really knew, knew her until I actually yeah. ended up watching um, The Good Place. Yeah. yeah. I never watched Veronica Same. Mars, which was like that show, the super popular show she was on. I was, I, right. I was never into it. Same. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't that familiar with her work. Um, this is where I was really introduced to her. And same thing. Yeah. Good Place yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. The Arizona yeah. trash bag. Um, yeah. <laughs> But she, uh, she's great. I mean, the, this this whole movie, they are they are just like they're bang 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 bang, and it's like, what is it? Why does it not feel like say you know we were doing Dumb and Dumber last week, right? And you can think of other other comedies, um, even in the Apatow you know realm, you know even even mm-hmm. things like you know the things like Superman or anything else like Forty Year Old Virgin. What what is it about forgetting Sarah Marshall? Why does it just have? What is it? It's an intangible sort of heart to it. Why does yeah. this comedy yeah. feel different to other comedies? Because it does. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out watching this myself too. I'm like, why does why is this one elevated over some of his other works? And and maybe it was a product of its time when I watched it. If you were like, if you were watching this movie, and you were maybe going through something similar, like a breakup to that effect, and you were just dealing with some some shit to see him you know, at his actual lowest point and then to try and pick himself back up, it just felt relatable. I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I it, couldn't figure out why it worked. Yeah. You know, it's tough because I, if you ask any of my friends, I'm notoriously, uh, nothing against Judd Apatow. Most of his comedies don't really work for me. And most big budget studio comedies don't usually work for me. For me, yeah. I'm usually like the more money you throw into a comedy, the less yeah. funny I tend to find it. Um, but, uh, this one, I, I told you guys in our text thread, it's in my top three comedies. And I think it's because unlike, you know, any of the Judd Apatow films, which are kind of like excuses for jokes and gags, mm-hmm. this one, because Jason Siegel based it off, you know, the whole movie didn't happen, but the breakup yeah. is based on something that happened. And then he did go to Hawaii to kind of like get away, like, because it's so based on real life it feels more authentic and it feels like there's more of an actual story that happens to yeah. also be really funny. That's fair. I was thinking like, and this one to me is, is just, I, I'd be quick to rewatch this 
over say like the 40 year old, not the 40 year old version. I love that one, but um, like a knocked up for example, or right. You know, to that effect, like I've seen those movies enough. I'm like, you're right. It's just an excuse for like jokey vignettes. Um, yeah. The only, the only exception being like, I love you, man, which I see as like a spiritual successor, <laughs> a spiritual successor to this, where he just becomes yeah. best friends with Kunu, you know, but they switch <laughs> yeah. roles sort of, but, but yeah, they're all the same ilk, you know? Well, mm. I, it's funny you should say that because I think that's what you're hitting on there is that I I felt like in my memory forgetting Sarah Marshall had been tarnished by its relationship to other movies that when I watched it again I realized oh it's like you said like Ryan is I feel like I oh that's actually a very rewatchable movie as mm. opposed to like saying there are other comedies you just put on and go all right I get this so I'm like yeah. you know that that yeah this is a it's more than the sum of its parts and it's got so many parts to it is yeah, the thing yeah. as well. I mean, like it's also got sort of the undercurrent of, so he's tanking, he's, you know, he's hitting rock bottom and he's also sort of a musician, but he's also a frustrated musician, you know, cause he doesn't enjoy his work. And so Mila Kunis is kind of bringing this out of him, this sort of adventure out of him. But it's that the, one of my favorite scenes is where he's told her about his Dracula musical. And so she makes him perform I love it. On, on, on stage in this bar. And it's all on his face that he gets up and the resignation and he's going to play. And then he, you see it in his eyes, he backs off and then he tries to make an excuse. And it's so funny. And then he just starts yeah. singing his well, Dracula. And so he goes, I love, there, there's the break where he gets up there and it's like an open mic and he's sitting at the piano and he goes, you know, I can play something else. And she, all you hear off, off camera is Dracula musical. <laughs> he goes, Thank you. <laughs> it's great. But yeah, you're right. She, she helps him overcome his fear of, you know, performing this piece that he's been working on. And it's, you know, it's the core thing that's helping him get through this, helping him process this, this breakup. And yeah. it's also, yeah. And nobody's like one dimensional at all. I no. mean, every character right. has, I mean, you know, even Kunu, but I'm like, but I'm talking specifically about, you know, Kristen Bell's character who, She's up, she's down, she's up, she's down. You know, she doesn't know what she wants. She's kind of lost. Jason Siegel, who's sort of like just, everything's going, he, he plays such a great drunk as well. Like, oh my God. drunk mm -hmm. when he's just yeah. goofing off. <laughs> like, pulls out the banana, right? Right? No, not us, buddy. <laughs> if you look closely too, it's one of the funniest lines when he's getting hammered at the bar and he goes, I'm Samantha. Samantha. Yeah. You, yeah. Can, you, can, you can see, um, oh my God, what's her name from Sex and the City in the background. She's, and she like looks over, Cynthia Nixon. Which she's, I she's thought, like walks over. I thought that oh, was, yeah. no, I, I thought that was yeah. just a weird coincidence. Cause I go, he's doing, no, oh, yeah. I'm Sex and the City. And this person goes, and I go, I'm God, Samantha. that looks just like Cynthia Nixon. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was a cameo? Yeah. I, um, I don't know if she just happened to be there. But either way, it's just, but you're right. That's just, this movie is the sum of all of its parts. You know, I'm, one of my favorite bits is this, which I'm not a, always a huge fan of, but if it's done right is where a character will say a line and they do that like family guy smash cut to a different scene mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. they have these like little flashbacks where they, they're, they're each remembering the best parts of each other. But my favorite is when they bring up her, um, Kristen Bell's, TV show that they do, which I can't, I can't remember the name of it, but crime her scene. scene right, <laughs> right. Sure. Sure. Her <laughs> scenes with Billy Baldwin. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Baldwin is he like kills it with like the three or God. four lines he has. It's so good. Can you Did somebody say, say <laughs> <Dipsicle>? yeah. <laughs> 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 
But like, yeah, yeah it's called crime scene, scene of the crime. Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. such a great, and he's doing, he's basically doing the CSI thing as well. So it's totally. The David Caruso, yeah. yeah. The David Caruso, right. He's, yeah, he's doing the David Caruso. Perfect, so. like perfectly. Yeah. Of all the yeah. Baldwins they could have gotten, they got <laughs> one of them. <laughs> and then, uh, and then it's also like it, the way it deals with, um, there's such funny sex scenes as well that like when it does turn up it's hilarious like he goes yeah you know, he's talking if i know anything about sarah i'm pretty oh sure i ruin her day cut to God. this ridiculous yoga sex happening where she's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of like crab walking yeah. like, well, she's <laughs> up. and her little legs just kicking it's great it's really good physical comedy same, yeah. same as the christian couple when they uh, they do sort of like eventually start going for it and they're just it's so hilarious and they're God. like i'm cramping i'm, I'm cramping and it's just like jack mcbriar going no 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 god, no god put our mouths in our heads for a reason just <laughs> great and i just uh, completely off topic but i'm pretty sure he plays the exact same character in uh the will ferrell movie the campaign which i just watched like the other night where he's like got the good Christian family. It's almost like that character became this family. It's really wonderful. <laughs> he pretty much just plays that in everything. He just so plays, good. Yeah, he just works. And, yeah. and he's immortal, apparently. If you've learned anything from Thirty Rock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I forgot to debate. He's like super old or something, and it's been there for a while. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, the side characters in this movie are fantastic. My my personal favorite is a uh, Kimo, the big. Uh, sumo yeah. wrestler guy taylor willie baby i and baby <laughs> are those are those happy tissues or it's like oh, I, I love that dude that dude i know going way back to like i think it's like ufc one or two oh, wow. he competed in what? um yeah he was like an actual sumo wrestler uh back when ufc was like what if we did blood sport in real life yeah. and it was a disaster yeah. Um, but yeah, so Taylor Willie goes all the way back to that. I wish he was no in kidding. more like more movies. The guy is like so funny. He's great. Such, He's such great. a screen presence. Yeah. He yeah, that that and the bar guy. The bar guy that is like yeah. uh, he's always just like he's just talking He's always just like calling it as he sees it and just like, oh man, you yeah. like when he's like, hey man, he, he stopped oral sex while receiving oral sex. He's like Gandhi, but better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. And he, yeah, I mean, yeah. he, he's great. He's like, I know 400 kinds of different kinds of fish now. <laughs> Gee, grouper fish. And he just lists all the fish. And then he's, I, I was going to try and remember the, how to say it for the podcast, but I didn't want to butcher it and just get hate, like, hate mail. The, the, I'm, the, I'm the, looking at the, it written out phonetically. I'm still not going to try it. No. It's like, <laughs> It's like the guy in New Zealand who pronounces like the longest street yeah. or the longest road on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna not gonna attempt it. That's right. And he goes, hey, what's the what's the national fish of Hawaii? And he's like, he's like, Moko look at bitch. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to look that up to make sure bitch wasn't part of that fish. <laughs> I was disappointed. It's not part of Dis- the yeah. Disappointed to find out it wasn't. Get your <laughs> shit together, Hawaii. Uh, dude, that funny that bit that I was again, I, I took a picture as it was happening because I I realized it was about to happen. I'd forgotten the scene, but he's like, hey, man, I'm going to be like prepping a pig for tomorrow's Oh, my God. Do you want to come help? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then suddenly it's like, you know, he's there with like, kill it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) This filmmaking goes so like brutal. It's like handheld and it's like, it's like a murder scene. It's it's the green, it becomes the green hell. And you have this like, this jungle like tribal music playing in the background like the drums going and jason with seagull with the knife from the pig's point of view it's fantastic yeah. 
And then it just cuts that beautiful shot of them like walking the pig together in the sunset. And he goes, we got to stop crying. He's dead, man. I'm not crying. <laughs> it's like, there's a lot of crying. Like Jason Siegel is the bit uh, where like Mila Kunis calls up to his room and uh, and she's like, oh my God. some complaints that are about some woman's crying. He's like, yeah, I heard. I think it's from the floor above. You're on the top floor. I'll try and keep it down. And then the next shot is curled up on the floor. <laughs> but the the best is him drunk singing the theme to the to the Muppets yeah. and then break down crying at the very end of the lyric is <laughs> it's so fucking funny. I love that. God. This this movie is so memorable. I mean, that that's just again, like we were saying seeing it so many times but watching it fresh for the podcast like we always say like it really gives you a different appreciation from it i would say this podcast is like a book club for people who can't read yeah so it's perfect <laughs> for me yeah <laughs> like but also i mean at the same time the, as more as i was watching it you, you really understood why russell brand became a star you know, yeah. and they and that they tried to sort of, they, you know, they tried. They tried to make him, put him into other stuff, and it didn't, you know, in the end always work. But Russell Brand oh, as yeah. Aldous Snow, he's just so funny. And it's just little lines like, he just turns out, oh, God, this is a small resort. Because suddenly there's Jason Seagull yeah. oh. again. <laughs> it's like every time he sits down, it's like they're always sitting next to each other. And it's just all of that, the awkward dinners and the awkward oh. conversations and like the bit where they're, all four of them are sitting at a table, and then Kristen Bell, they're all getting drunker and drunker and drunker, except for Aldous, who doesn't drink. And then, like, when it's the bit where Kristen starts sort of being mean, and then so Mila Kunis <laughs> yeah. immediately turns it back on her, and then starts, you know, then kissing. And just, it's the two women silently sword fighting over yeah. the table while no one acknowledges so it. Great. Yeah. Very, very yeah. passive, like, as passive aggressive as you can get on that scene. But then you have Aldous knows. My favorite bit is that was when he's wearing a um, a, a Hawaiian shirt that Kristen Bell's character lost for him, and, he's, yeah. and he begrudgingly wears it. Still looks great, by the way. I don't know what his problem is, but then he's, he just absolutely hates the fact that he has to wear this shirt. And he's sitting at the table, and you see like some an older gentleman walk by, and he's like, "Hey, shirt That's actually yeah. my favorite line is where he spills his cranberry juice, and he goes, "Oh no, my shirt! Take my eyes, but not oh, my shirt." Not the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we did have an agreement to our listeners. We we talked about this on the podcast. The only way we we're going to do this episode is if Ollie did it completely in character as Aldous Snow. <laughs> yeah. he, oh, lost, he lost. He lost a bet. Yeah, if I do that, I'll be rimming the bar man within a minute. <laughs> God, and you know, I, I got to say, going back to Kunu's character, uh, Ollie, when God. we first met, it was really hard to not just. Every time, be like, you sound like you're from London. Dude, oh, <laughs> so many people like, say that to me anyway. <laughs> you sound like you're from London. <laughs> I'm really losing a lot of blood here. <laughs> God, and this movie, like, just like, same with Dumb and Dumber. There's just, I completely forgot that there's, like, uh, lines of dialogue or quotes from this movie that I still use to this day that I've, use that they've become so commonplace that I've forgotten that they've come from this movie. Like mm -hmm. you got a lot of, you got a lot of pain behind those eyes. <laughs> yeah. You know, what will help that weed. You got any? <laughs> <laughs> the the pop-up scene. Okay. Dude, you're doing too much. Do less. Okay. You got to do more. Up. Nope. Down. Pop up again. Nope. That's yeah. wrong. Try again. Do less, <laughs> but you need to actually move. I'm like, 
How are they not cracking up while doing that? And then, oh, like, come favorite- on, let's let's get out there. Everyone's doing it now. And the weather outside is weather. It's just it's so nuts. It's so nuts. I love that. I still feel like yeah, they're floating out, and he's like, "How long have you been?" He's like, "Oh man, I don't I don't wear a watch since I moved to Hawaii." And he's like, "Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because I got on my phone. It's got like the time." Yeah. And it's the whole like, you know. So how old are you? And he goes, "I think I'd be like, oh, what am I? Forty four? Fuck! Fuck. <laughs> it's, it's such his delivery of that line. It's so funny. Yeah. The, the realization, like swimming over him, like the ocean, just like fuck. <laughs> he plays it. He plays that aloof character so well. Paul Rudd is fantastic in yeah. this movie. It is. It's actually nice to see because it, it is a different character to what we usually see with a Paul Rudd character. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. he's he's very often yeah. just being Paul Ruddian about it, which is no problem. We all love Paul yeah. Rudd. He once yeah. shot me in a movie. I was a bad guy and he killed me. That's right. In in, in a Hong Kong action movie, he was lovely when I met him on set. Surprise, surprise! <laughs> Paul Rudd was a nice guy. <laughs> and um, what, what was the name of that? It was. I I always want to say it's Gen X cops. It's it's, it's or, the sequel. So it's Gen Y Cops, which is Gen Y Cops oh. Metal Mayhem. It's on Prime. I'll give you money if you can spot me in that movie. It is also <laughs> abysmal. And it was such a shame because Gen X Cops, the bad guys, right? So this was originally the bad guys in the first movie were all dressed in really dope suits and they drove Ferraris and stuff. And then so I got I was cast. It was originally a speaking role, Kurt's Henchman, number three. Uh, and we drove um, a people carrier. Uh, like, but the reason for that is so they could do a fight scene in the back. Um, I was the driver. Uh, but then they also dressed me like some village people reject as well. So I'm in leather and all that. I looked a bit like Aldous Snow, actually. There it is. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It was, yeah, that movie is, it is available on Prime. I do not recommend that you watch it, but I'll give you 50 bucks if you can spot me in the background because it got all cut down. So I got paid for a speaking role, but never had to do anything. I was just, do you remember what your, nice. do you remember what your, what your lines were? I think it was kind of like in that fight scene. It was like, it was just sort of like, you know, let's kill him. Like, you know, let's, let's finish this yeah. clean. Let's take him out. And I think they gave it to a, this other character who was uh, one of the guys that used to be one of the Power Rangers underneath the suit. So there was lots of cool oh. martial arts. It was really fun. It was super That's fun. Cool. Maggie Q was in that movie as well. Edison Chen. Um, it was all their first oh, wow. movies. And then it was, oh, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was Paul Rudd post um, Clueless. And so, oh, yeah. wow. So he That's was cool. And he was blonde head. So it was like in the year 2000 or something like that. It was, um, it's so funny because then a bunch of my mates living in Hong Kong all got cast in just like as extras. And they've all got more screen time than me. <laughs> they just like... <laughs> I'm like, I worked on this movie for weeks and got paid all this you money should, and I'm barely in it. You should try to be more charismatic. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in the plot of the movie, it's um, he ends up sort of falling in love uh, with, or just, who wouldn't? Like Mila Kunis is just being super cool. There's that funny mm. scene where they go down to the beach uh, and you sort of like, it's actually like the locals as opposed to like the tourists. It's like one of the only times in the movie that they step outside of like a resort. Yeah, um, and then, you know, he just gets the ever living, like when she goes crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, there's one, there's one other line de- delivery that Jason Siegel has in this movie. And uh, it's when he, he wants to go on this hike and she goes, ah, I don't think you should do that. It's not really for tourists. And they go up there and he, she jumps off the cliff and he goes too, and he falls down and he's like hanging on for dear life. And he's like, should I just drop off? She's like, no, cause you'll probably kill yourself on the fall down. And the camera pans up to him and he just looks back and goes, Totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, total Valley Girl response. I love that line. Uh, totally. Yeah. 
He's so great in this movie, Jason. Great, yeah. You really do. You really do see. Honestly, I was like, going, man, I wish you know, we need some more. More Jason Siegel. Yeah. But I know he kind of like, you know, he did that Oscar sort of turn movie. And then I haven't really seen him in anything else since then. He's kind of gone quiet. I think he's just taken his he, money. He's relaxing. Yeah. He's got that show on, uh, that current show on Apple TV with um, Harrison Ford, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, I do want to watch that. I've heard that's quite good. Um, but you're right. Like it didn't, as everyone else's career like exploded from this movie. His his did too, but you know, I I, I love you, man. Is the only other one that really comes to my immediate mind. Mm. It's and the Muppets great movie, sure. uh, and, and the Muppets, Muppets, which I love. Well, he got that because of him singing the Muppet theme song and then crying in this movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, and then Jim also Hedges. coming yeah, yeah, up yeah. with his puppet uh, sort of show, which he ends up doing. So. The end yeah. is, that, and then we get we circle all the way back around, and the movie. I love that the movie is bookended with his penis, mm-hmm. um, that, <laughs> like that last yeah. scene, like you know the, the traditional sort of scene, and the couple, and they get together, and of course he's just there naked, and it's just. I love that he just plays it for the comedy of it, and it's just so, so good. Um, but it does make a lot of sense. This movie, unlike. Another movie that was on our list. If you think I'm going Battleship, you're wrong. I'm going over to Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Um, now, you guys, now if you're listening at home and you haven't heard of Hard Ticket to Hawaii, it's a good reason. Um, it's, uh, it's bonkers. It's so made by this guy, Andy Sedaris. Guys, tell us about Andy Sedaris. Uh, Will, yeah. you're the you're the you're the Sedaris expert here. You're on the panel. Yeah, because so I, I defer all to you. <laughs> so Andy Sedaris, just as seeing this movie, and I saw Malibu Express as well, and a couple other of his films. He's such a fascinating guy to me. He comes from sports, like sports broadcasting, and I'm not able to confirm this, but I think he kind of like either invented or was one of the first to use like the sky cam that we see in like NFL games. Um, but he was like a sports like director and uh, made, that's where he made his like money from initially. Uh, and then decided he was going to go and make softcore porn disguised as action movies for the rest of his career. Um, <laughs> along with his wife, his wife was, was totally cool to go along with this, but they are the oily, oiliest, uh, grossest movies ever made. <laughs> and so why still, I, I didn't feel as gross. Way. I didn't feel nearly as gross watching this for the 10th time as I did watching bad boys Two. The other right. yeah, like that like is this, the thing. This was like, a fun ass movie you guys and yeah. I, i'm glad we all like got together not together but physically but we're able to watch this all together to because it is the best way to experience like like i say with a with a miami connection this is a movie you have to watch with a bunch of people and just have a blast because it it is a blast i mean it's like so so if any of you are listening and are prudish don't worry it's kind of like porn but they've cut out the porn They've just kind of kept in the boobs. So yeah, it's yeah. like, it's so funny how quickly this, I still couldn't, I, I was talking to the, like about the movie to the missus cause she watched it with us last night. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, even afterwards going, I'm still unsure as to who the hell those blondes mm-hmm. were. One of them is an agent, one of them isn't. And the fact is, so the two blondes are dressed the same, but also pretty much look almost identical they could pass as twins and i'm just trying to piece together what the hell is going on in this movie and honestly it's almost impossible yeah yeah i was gonna say you've done the thing where you just glaze right past it and i I wanted to spend the next two hours just hearing you trying to 
figure out what this what the plot of this movie was because <laughs> I still have no idea. It is. I always love that. Like even on the Wikipedia page, the plot is only four or five, four and a half lines wrong. But it just—I love that it's like they're always talking about the agency, but they're never really specific about which agency. So, okay, all right. To, to the listeners, I'm going to try and boil down um, this movie. Um, a couple of cops were murdered. Um, there's a couple of agents. There's two guy agents, two girls, one of which is an agent. Again, unspecified. One of them is undercover on the island, working as a cargo plane pilot they accidentally because of a comedic thing that happens in the beginning they they take one of two snakes um on a plane but this snake has been infected from toxins by cancer infested rat what a plot twist that was Mm -hmm. so so then the snake gets loose and if you think that's the plot of the movie you're wrong because then there's also an accidentally they get in the middle of some diamond smuggling and then annoy a bad guy, I think, who they also shoot in the face, but then they decide to get in the jacuzzi to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot of the, a, lot, a lot of the problems in this movie are solved by the two main actresses just getting topless and either showering or uh, getting into a jacuzzi together. And, yeah. uh, and, and yeah. discussing yeah. it. The jacuzzi scene... Yeah was the best one because they're like yeah. let's jump in the jacuzzi because we do our best thinking there they mm-hmm. they get in the jacuzzi they talk for 90 seconds they get out of the jacuzzi and it's like why not just leave them in the jacuzzi and cut no no they have to get out of the jacuzzi and then move. much like it's like well this woman's gonna go and meet these other guys so instead of cutting to her later they go well she changes clothes so mm-hmm. we should make sure we watch her change her clothes oh. so that we understand why she's wearing different clothes later in the right movie. well you don't want to lose yeah. your audience i mean this <laughs> like I, I don't know why you're trying to poke, poke holes in this 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 movie tells it tells itself yeah, I'm trying to figure out what you're confused about, Ollie. So far, this all makes total sense. Yeah. <laughs> now, I wasn't really listening or paying attention to the movie, you know, but uh, but right. so far, everything you described makes sense. This is, this is such a movie like you would get together with with your buddies and go over to like have a sleepover at someone's house and you would try and watch this movie through like a scrambled cable device where you just maybe like if you pause it just right maybe you could see a nipple yeah like eh, not sure like but this movie this was never on like it's such a cinemax movie for its time but i don't think it ever was like on cinemax because it's just too good and hbo is like nah but it, it yeah. is it is just endearing and it's like it just the violence, like the the completely nonsensical, like sort of things, much like one of the bad guys or the henchman is called Skates or Skater or Skater. Skater. And so he's a skateboarder. And, mm-hmm. and so these two male uh, operatives finally make their way to the island and they get ambushed. And they, wouldn't it just have been easier to ambush them with a gun? No, 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 no. The best they way to see that coming is to yeah. do a handstand on a skateboard and go past them and distract them. Then to drive past them again, sort of shoot them, and then get back on the skateboard, roll downhill towards them using a sex doll, an inflatable sex doll as a bullet shield while shooting at them. And then, quite incredibly, the guy ends up getting blown up by an incredible an incredible rocket launcher shot, as does the sex toy while they're in the air. And then we get an actual plot device, which is a plot device. Uh, uh, why do you use the rocket launcher? It's the only thing that I can use to hit a moving target. 
And then, funny yep. enough, that actually plays yeah. out in the rest of the movie. It's the like I said last night. I was like, oh, it's, it's the literally literally the best scene in not just this movie but any movie. Um, but the 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 that scene gets so progressively insane that by the time he blows up the skateboarder who's now 50 feet in the air with a rocket launcher and then it cuts back to him and he just turns and fires another rocket at the sex doll for no reason it's just hilarious <laughs> now just, you, it, you, oh sorry it, i was gonna say uh if you're ready to hear an insane fact so yes, please uh andy's wife uh, arlene sedaris uh, talked about on a YouTube show that that this scene uh, was the scene that almost gave them an X rating. This is according to her. Um, that this scene uh, almost gave them an X rating because the MPAA they were afraid they would think that the uh, sex doll was real and the explosion was real, so they had to be careful. So she said, like that almost gave us an X rating. They were afraid it was real. <laughs> now <Yeah>. is. <laughs> Is Arlene talking silly there? Is she, you know, being honest? I'll leave that to the listener to decide. I believe that yeah. the MPAA definitely thought that was a real lady and blew up. That's what I, this is what I, I choose in, to believe. I want to live in that world. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> now, now, oh man, I know we're jumping ahead, but we're overlooking the, the movie opens with maybe one of the best credit title sequences ever Oh yeah, know, in, in the warehouse where all the names are painted on boxes, super. It's all and it's all done practical. Very yeah. cool. And then and then it cuts. You get the theme song overlaid with this. Like we were joking last night. It looks. It's basically the intro to Jurassic Park. Yes. So it's safe to say that Spielberg saw this and was like, "Yo, yeah, I'm doing this." <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah. this movie is a precursor to a lot of movies in such weird ways. And it, and it's always it's so self-referential because apparently this is the second in a trilogy um but Mm -hmm. then they're inside their their apartment or their house and there's movie posters from the previous movies on the wall so they exist inside the movie universe but have also seen these it's kind of like they say there are some tarantino movies that are movies inside the tarantino universe and then there's right. other movies that are in the tarantino universe and i'm like this for this movie is so meta that they're even like they're on the movie posters that them the actual actresses are yeah. on that movie poster and it's just and like as they're staring there standing there commenting about the movie that they're on the poster of which they also star in it's and they constantly talk about oh my favorite british spy they're always making james bond references just in A case lot. Just in case you haven't figured out they're trying to do a James Bond movie. Then you've got, oh my God, who was it that said, because there's a guy that works in the restaurant and you were like, that is basically Quagmire. And I'm Quagmire, like, yeah. they bet they oh. must have based Quagmire off that guy. Because you could call the line, we were saying it, you know, we were shouting out like lines that were going, oh, I was right. <laughs> like, he's yeah. say he's like, hey, I got the best seat in the house for you. Yeah. Right here on my face. <laughs> Just four lines <laughs> delivered expertly. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. That guy, that guy is definitely. Uh, I'll just say it. He's Harvey Weinstein's cellmate right now. There's just <laughs> no way that guy is out walking the streets <laughs> for the good of society. Yeah. That guy is behind bars. Let's uh, just a, let's hope. And then just a total sleazeball. Total I mean, there's yeah. another absolute banger of a. There's a there's a a bad guy, a henchman that wears shades. His name is Shades. Um, they get very literal in this movie. And the, his favorite thing to do, like while being a guard, is to throw frisbee. And mm-hmm. I do love how the characters, like they're observing him through like binoculars. 
And they're like, ooh, he really likes Frisbee. We can use that. And they mm-hmm. do. They, t- they take a Frisbee and they cover the whole outside of that Frisbee with, with razor blades. And then they ambush him with a Frisbee. And I'm like, you could have just shot that's, But that scene also, the scene that you were describing, somehow has like three different Frisbee red herrings. It starts out with the pink Frisbee. Then he switches to a black Frisbee. Then he switches to the black Frisbee with the razor blades in it. And it's perfect. No, it's, it's, he does it so subtly as well. One second, yeah. turns around. Just a minute. You know, yeah. switch in the back. I'll be right. Yeah, here. everyone, any, anytime they're using any weapon other than guns in this movie, they are using them very improperly. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> she just throws the nunchucks at the guy. Like, what are, yeah. like one, where do the nunchucks come from? Then two, she's got nunchucks everywhere. And then three, when it comes to using them, she just has both of them in her hand like, and just, just throws the whole thing at a guy. Go, that's yeah. not how you use yeah. nunchucks. What you, what that's, why she, that's, why she, that's why she has so many of them that she keeps losing them because she's throwing them at people. <laughs> yeah. She buys them in bulk from like Costco. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. man. And then the two guys were doing like practice kung fu and then it gets, you know, like, oh, we're getting to bad boys too territory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With some of these racial stereotypes we're throwing out. But, but still weirdly charming. I think there was just some kind of level of charm to this movie. I don't know what, maybe because just because it really wasn't taking itself as seriously as like a bad boys too. Like they just, it was just a fun, fun time all around. It is weird. It, like and I, Ryan and Will is right. I totally nailed it. But if you do watch this movie, get your friends together. Cause it's one of the, it's a riot, especially when it comes to the snake, because so the snake <laughs> gets loose. Oh yeah. There's a snake in this movie. <laughs> it's, and it's like every, it's like, that acting of that snake is great. It like sometimes cuts to a close up of that. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's, you know, it's just this malevolent force. And then you like, oh, you know, it doesn't come back until the very end of the movie where it just bursts out suddenly. And it's like, oh, the snake's back. And it just becomes this whole right. thing. I mean, we were just hooting and hollering by that point. It was so funny. It looks like a sock puppet covered in like just a shocking amount of KY jelly. <laughs> Yeah, it's a Just weirdly that. wet snake. Like wet in all the wrong ways. <laughs> like you're 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 expecting snakes to be like a certain kind of slimy and wet. This is not yeah. that kind of slimy and wet. It's well, it's, it, probably, it's it's from the it's from the rat cancer. That's true. <laughs> Rat cancer you, will do you, that to you. You piece of shit. <laughs> and the way it just, just the way it keeps, it doesn't move at all. It's kind of just like a stiff snake as well, which just That's adds true, the charm of the yeah, whole thing. That's great. I mean, it really is, really is ridiculous. I mean, honestly, I can't even really tell you what the, actually happens in this movie because it is just, I mean, essentially bad guys get killed, good guys win, snake comes out, breasts. Yep. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You said you, don't, you could just watch, you could just watch the end credits of this movie. And if you think for a second, they don't flash back to all of the, all of the boobies in that this movie, you'd be so dead funny. Wrong. That was so funny. Like, even the missus, she was dying. It's like, yeah, the credits start rolling, but then every second or so it cuts back to, and it, like, chronologically goes through all of the nude scenes. So you can just enjoy just those one more yeah. time. And then it's like... <laughs> yeah. The movie knows why you're here. Yeah, yeah. The, Andy Sedaris knows what his audience wants. Yeah, man. He's, he's a true auteur. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just fun times are. And, Will, you mentioned you saw this at the Alamo Drafthouse. Yeah, that I must saw have, that must uh, have been a blast. That was fun. Like that was an audience full of people who like they knew the movie. They were yeah, excited to be there. Um, I unfortunately because they they did another screening later, 
uh, that my brother attended. And that's where Arlene uh, Sedaris oh. did a Q&A. So I didn't oh. get to see that. Um, but yeah, I guess she had some like great insight into like his writing process. I, I told, shared with you guys last night, uh, you know, about how when he gets stuck, he just like, well, they're in the hot tub. Um, and just the weird ways he would finance his movies would be he would sell one and then use the profits from that to make the next one. Cause even he admitted, I can't show my scripts to any like producer. <laughs> like it's just, it's, it will just never go anywhere. So I have to finance yeah. these myself and thank God. <laughs> yeah. This has, this has the feeling of like a lot of those Canon films, yeah, really yeah. low budget, low stakes. But again, like it's just such a fun watch for as ridiculous as it is like you can't watch this through the lens you can't take this movie seriously it's just so cuckoo oh, bananas insane try yeah, yeah. i, I was trying to think like there's no modern you just could obviously you couldn't make that movie today for various reasons but taking that style of film you can get rid of all the nudity or whatever just make this schlocky low budget fun action movie mm-hmm. and then maybe you probably need the boobies in there <laughs> <laughs> It's it's very similar in a lot of ways to I don't know if you guys ever saw the movie Samurai Cop, um, which is another one of my favorite bad films. Yeah. But uh, if if people listening at home want to go and check out Andy Sedaris's other movies, um, I don't I don't feel like any of them quite measure up to this one. And same yeah. thing, I'm forgetting the director of Samurai Cop. If you watch that movie, it's incredible. It's like mm-hmm. the same level, like ridiculous bad fun, um, but they all kind of are diminishing returns after that. Amir yeah. and, uh, Shervin, written and that's it by Amir Shervin. Yeah. Yes, that's him. Um, there's, there's he, a Twitter similar. Good. Good. Sorry. I was, there's, there's a, there's a Twitter feed that I would follow that would just post random clips from Andy Sedaris movies. And it was crazy to see people just lose their collective shit. Like, what are these? Like, just just, like discovering them for the first time. Because there's scenes where he's just like someone's driving a mini RC car, but it's a bomb. It's like these really elaborate set pieces that are just so insane. When you see them out of context in the movie, it does kind of ruin the experience, though. But yeah, this one, I think, we were talking about, I think this was probably his his most popular film for sure. And you did point out it was shot quite well. (laughs) like that's a pretty good shot yeah. there's yeah. a level of competency actually like within the production not so much in anything else but yeah. you know yeah. but i think that that yeah. comes from like andy sedaris does come from a type of yeah. production background yeah um, it's a good looking movie i mean honestly like it mm-hmm. it just it looked good you know there's 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 there is some scenery in it that looks there are just some really good shots in it. There's one like smash cut that blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it was between I think a guy a guy getting punched in the dick and then a guy getting jerked off. Like the quick <laughs> the quick cuts between those two scenes. You really, really immersive experience. <laughs> Honestly, this movie is a great commercial for Hawaii. Um you you know, oh, yeah. you watch uh, this movie, you're like, yeah, yeah. I want to go. They have like yeah karate people and topless ladies and snakes and mountains. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. They, this movie put Hawaii on the map. Not Lilo and Stitch. This thing movie. Is, it does give us a lot of Hawaii. You yeah. know, it shows us around a lot of Hawaii, like you're saying, that plane intro. Um, we're getting lots of shots of Hawaii, very Jurassic Park in. So mm-hmm. I'm like, it's it it brings it brings the thunder. Uh, yeah. much like um the third movie, the one I picked, mm-hmm. the one that I often tell people and I refer to as the best bad movie 
I've ever seen in my life. Like I mentioned, when I saw it in 2012 with my missus, uh, it came out, I think, the same around the same time as Avengers. And um, there was this thing in Singapore called Gold Class, which is basically like first-class movies. So there's only like 12 seats, big recliners. You can press a button, they bring you food and alcohol. So I just got myself a bottle of red wine. I sat back and I just started drinking through this movie. And we're enjoying the crap out of it. And then it gets to a certain point, which we will get to, where the movie becomes <laughs> the greatest movie mm -hmm. I've ever seen. And then mm -hmm. I like, we finished it and I finished my bottle of wine and I'm like, we're walking out. My wife and I are going, that was, we're both a bit drunk. And we're like, that was, that was a lot of fun. And then we look as people are going in. We're like, should we go watch it again? And I'm like, wait. And I immediately call my best mate, Brad. I'm like, Brad, you got 15 minutes. Get down to Vivo City. I'm buying you a ticket. And he's like, what, what? I said, Just get down here. Jumps in the cab. He's only five minutes away. We go in. He, me and him sit at the front. I guys like, order a bottle of red wine and just start drinking. And by the time this kicks in, you're going to be at just the right place. And when that moment happens, he was so excited. He took off his shoe and threw it at the screen. <laughs> so he just... <laughs> so, and you're not kidding. That God. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Well, no, well, let's get in. Let's talk about Battleship. Okay. So Battleship, the 2012 Peter Berg directed movie. This is the second Peter Berg movie we've had. Um, this is when Peter Berg decided, what if I was pretending to be Michael Bay, making a Transformers movie? Um, but it's the, it is based off the little game that you play. This was a co-production with Hasbro, stars Taylor Kitsch. I love Taylor Kitsch! Give me more Taylor Kitsch! Everything I've seen him in, I love him. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård as the least convincing brother of all time, who definitely doesn't <laughs> sound Swedish half the time when he's saying his S's. Uh, Brooklyn Decker, who's blonde. Um, she in other things. I've only ever seen her in this. Liam Neeson as, yeah. as, as the fluently Irish um, <laughs> uh, head of the Navy. Flawless. Flawless. <laughs> We've got uh, Tabano Busato. Uh, you might know him from the MCU. He's in the Thor movies. Rihanna. I liked Rihanna in this movie. I thought she was good. Jesse Plemons um, also killing it. And then also uh, Gregory D. Gatson. Um, playing uh, that the, the amputated soldier, real-life mm. soldier, motivational speaker. Uh, and it yeah. tells the story of an alien invasion. Um, basically, in 2005, we started beaming to another planet that looks very like ours. And in 2012, the aliens came a-calling and they managed to travel all the way across the galaxy in their boats that can only go in the water and, and jump in the water for some reason. They don't move in the water. They jump in the water? Yeah, they kind of leap. I didn't, I didn't understand what was going on with that for the longest time. I thought, oh, okay, so they're going to fly over the ships. And then, no. I, I was so lost on, like, their technology. And, I, yeah, I, I don't understand much of what happened with the, uh, the aliens and what, what they were doing. Why were they stranded? What? I don't know. What I, was their I, job? <laughs> Yeah, what was their job? What were the, what was their goal? I know they were trying to contact other aliens allegedly. Is, is this one of those things where I'm, I haven't seen this movie in a while and I refuse to rewatch it again? <laughs> but it's one of those things where they were like already on the planet and they just kind of like surfaced 
See, this is why you've got to rewatch the movies, right? See, guys, was anyone watching the movie? It's pretty simple, okay? (laughs) Five ships are turning up from space. One of them hits a satellite. It breaks up. And as always, it hits Hong Kong, everyone's favorite city to destroy in a movie. And so that thing is destroyed. And when they're talking about it, they go, oh, we've never found anything like it. But it looks like maybe it's a communication ship. So they've lost communication. So then what they then have to do is they put up this big force field around the entirety of Hawaii, trapping out the Navy and only leaving a couple of these destroyers. And guys, it's very simple. And then what they need to do is establish communication. And what they're gonna do is use the same communication array that's on top of those mountains in Hawaii that they use to contact them to contact themselves. Simple. Oh, nice. Flawless. I kind of, I drifted out (laughs) during that that explanation. I I might actually be more confused. My first experience with this movie, besides Ollie uh, acting out every single scene of it right before my very eyes, <laughs> he, you know, he told he told us the story, and I was like, ah, it's just one of those things. Like, I think this movie was overshadowed by um, what was the movie that came out? The first Avengers. Memory. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> a little movie called The Avengers. So that's... it's a shame that this this movie didn't get as popular. And, it, and this he's right. This movie was Ray Fiennes and Uma Thurman. Like that, uh, <laughs> that Avengers? Yes. I love that movie. Is there another yeah. Avengers? Don't that get me started. Sean, Sean Connery, I love that. See, that is what um, Peter Berg says. He says it was hurt by the Avengers, and I'm like, oh, I can kind of see yeah. it. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah. one, movie looks great. Two, special great. effects are astoundingly good. They hold up. Those special effects. I, I, uh, yeah. I was going to say, so So my first time seeing this movie, because he... he I have a terrible habit of anytime someone says to me, like, you have to see this movie. It's the best. It's great. And I, I like, I build it up in my head. I'm like, I can't watch it. So I, I just kind of put it off. Cut to, I find myself, I'm in a hotel in Mexico city and what should happen to be on the television, but it's battleship, but it's in Spanish and I can't figure out how to get the subtitles to work. So I watched the entire movie in Spanish, no subtitles. And it, fucking ruled <laughs> I, I don't think the subtitles would have helped so i think you were just fine uh, it was great it was great it was, this it. movie is good i'm and i will defend it i will defend it until my dying day that it is it is fun to watch the way that they incorporate this, the game into the movie god, like i was waiting for it oh my god it. well even yeah. like i don't know if you know like will if you notice that you know when you're playing the game you know mm-hmm. when you shoot you you put these little Pegs. Pegs. Yep. To the things they're shooting at them. So their their offensive weapon is the little sort of like alien pegs that just blow these ships up, which is just brilliant and wild. There's sometimes the camera will just shoot up to the top so you can see where everything is. And then there's a scene in the middle where you were like texting, going, Oh, an hour and twenty minutes and finally we put battleship into it. But I'm like, mm-hmm. brilliant. Yes. By using Yo, those, dog. everybody yeah. <laughs> knows about these, like, you know, the buoys, as you guys call them, boys. Um, mm-hmm. You know, after we had those disasters with waves, so it's those tsunami detection things. But of course, it seems that there, by the looks of it, there are a million of them in the ocean <laughs> for this yeah. particular yeah, thing to work. But it was great. Oh, J4, yeah. D25, fire. And I'm like, well played. This I, movie it, does, it does take a while to get into like the the meat, the protein of this movie. Like you have this whole intro you know, that, that are developing these characters that you couldn't give two shits about. And then there's a, I'm trying to, I'm going off memory here. Then there's a, he gets a burrito. Then there's yes. a soccer match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then Liam Neeson is the, maybe the president. I don't know. <laughs> so the opening, the movie opens with uh, like, it's back in, 
I think in 2005, before the movie jumps ahead. But Taylor Kitsch is there with his brother and he meets Brooklyn Decker in a bar and he needs to get her. I love the comedy of the bit where he tries it's to good. get her a burrito and then he breaks into the 7-Eleven or whatever it is. And, like, you know, he falls in. It's just, it's comedy. Also, it's I always good. thought that when the bit where he gets tased and he falls over looks like a really, really painful fall. Whoever oh, yeah. did that fall, the stuntman that did that, I mean, or if it was Taylor Kitsch, they must have been in a hospital the next day. Oh yeah, just face to concrete. Oh. But you're right, isn't it? Yeah. There's a bit where, he, like, he, where he falls through the uh, falls through the roof, but you see it on like the CCTV. Right? Yeah, it's like, all CCTV. Security so he falls out twice, yeah. which is great. Yeah. Um, then it jumps. Then he's in the navy. Then there's the soccer match. Yeah, where he becomes like a rival with uh, with um, what's the character's name? Uh, the Japanese oh. Nagata. So uh, yeah, yeah, and then I like I said Taylor Kitsch is funny. Like yeah. he's good. It's just the only thing that kitsch. took me out of it was like Skarsgård as his brother just felt a little just odd for it. An, an odd actor choice for him. In that yes, role. they did. But, they did yeah. very different. Clearly different yeah. mothers, maybe. Yeah. They're just like, I thought I, we were both orphans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Because I felt the same way, but I, I can't tell if I feel that way because I know we all know like Skarsgård's brother in real life. Yeah. And that just messes with my head. Like seeing mm-hmm. him be like Taylor Kitsch's brother just yeah, doesn't jive sense. with me. Maybe if he didn't have a famous sibling, I would be able to buy it more. And not his performance. His performance was not. Yeah. not but that that's kind of what I want to talk about is it's yeah. weird that Alexander Skarsgård's career has continued to be like fine. And he has been in some like real garbage. Um, but Taylor Kitsch, man, that guy wished on some kind of like monkey paw, like to be like, <laughs> I'm going to be a famous movie star. And he got Battleship. X Men Origins Wolverine. Um, he got uh, John Carter or Mart, which I like, oh, yeah. which I like quite a bit. But man, did that flop hard! And then, like when it came time for his like prestige, like redemption, he got True Detective season two. Yeah, like Ugh. man, this guy cannot catch a break, and I don't get it. Like he's, I like him. Yeah, did he, he have that move that that movie where he's like his wife is murdered and he's like a trained military guy with Michael Keaton. Was that another one of his? It's Amer- American Michael. assassin, but he's, he's not the main character. That's Dylan, mm-hmm. Dylan O'Brien. Um, he oh, is yeah. in that one, but he also, um, he Lone Survivor. Did a really good David Koresh in the Waco miniseries. If you haven't seen the Waco, yeah, miniseries, yeah. he's mm. excellent in that. And then, um, he also turned up last year in that Chris Pratt, um, prime show called the terminal list. Um, oh. which is based mm. off a book. He's like, a, and he's really oh, good at right. that though. So much so that they're actually doing a spin-off prequel show with his character. Mm. So I, I still believe in Taylor Kitsch. I love him in everything he's been in. Like my he's miss, great in this. She yeah. loves John Carter, my miss. So yeah. She thinks it's a great film. She's like, but I know exactly what you mean. The guy has just been, um, another one he's great in is Lone Survivor, also with Peter Burke. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's what I'm saying. And did, wasn't he in um, the football movie that we did? Friday Night Lights, yeah. Yeah. He yeah, was he's in, fantastic. No, he yeah, was in he's, the TV he's a good show. Actor. He's in the show, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's, no, what, that's what I mean. Okay. But, um, okay. but back to Battleship, because how can we not be talking about Battleship? <laughs> oh, and yeah, and, and also you're saying Liam Neeson, again, flawless accent, which whatever it is, is Brooklyn Decker's father right. plot twist. And that's, <laughs> that's, all, that's all I remember. So the, the undercurrent <laughs> of the, the beginning in the movie, it's Rimpack. So RIMPAC is when you bring together all of these different nations, Australia and Japan, and they go out on naval exercises. And uh, part of the- they do, rim, they, they do rim jobs? <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> Just a couple of people rimming them all. Um, it's, uh, 
is that he's got to ask for uh, Brooklyn Decker's hand in marriage from his commanding officer, but he is a perennial screw-up. Um, so it's all going wrong. Uh, then they are the only three destroyers that are in the area when the, uh, the force field goes up. And then very quickly, two of the ships have been destroyed, half the captain's dead, and now his brother's dead, and now Taylor Kitsch's character is in charge. He's the, the only thing standing between the end of the world and, and that. So he teams up with Nagata. And then, yeah. like I said, they got like one of my, my favorite bits. Like one, let's talk about the destruction. Like the, those, those big oh, man, like, yeah. robot the, chew up things that go and just completely the, chew stuff up. I love the design of this. That's super it, cool. It's yeah. terrifying. That was cool. awesome. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. The, like you said, the, yeah. the effects on this really do hold up very very well and i it does look and it does like the action and the look of it the aesthetic does feel like such a michael bay you know movie it felt very like transforms that look and feel but it, it's so crisp but it, it the action is so easy to follow and understand it's not a garbled mess like you know when those things are flying through the air you're like oh shit if that hits the ship they're fucked <laughs> and yeah. that's what happens yeah, and that's like oh man it's great yeah well i i, I in the way you think Michael Bay with Transformers, you can never tell what the hell's going on. Like, I, I agree yeah. with you. This one, they've taken the Michael, the Transformers aesthetic, but they transformed it whoa, into, yeah. <laughs> into this one that really works for Battleship. I mean, I will watch Battleship. If it is on, I'm watching the whole thing. I will sit down, yeah. my missus and I want to watch Battleship. Boom. We bang it on. We have a couple of drinks and we have a great time. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. I mean, I have it in my That's notes here time. that I actually think like, I think the alien weaponry and like their ships are actually pretty cool. Like, yeah. um, I, I dig the little like pegs that yeah, like yeah. fall into, I thought, cause yeah. every single alien movie is like, Oh, they have lasers or heat weapons of some kind. Yeah. I was actually digging a lot of the alien weaponry. So I was like, yeah. it was kind of cool. Like out of the box thinking, um, yeah. uh, sandwiched in this, like just crazy, like bug nuts yeah. movie. Even um, like their, hu their humanoid design. Like when you, get down to just beyond their like machinery their their dis, like their character design is still is pretty cool mm -hmm. and if, if i'm remembering correctly their only weakness is sunlight yeah so they're just like they, they've got they're <laughs> yeah. basically wearing sunglasses which gets used in the ambush which is that 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 great moment where they it's great and that was cool we'll get it they've taken out two of them there's only one ship left or at least that's what they think and they sort of, uh, they ambush them with the sun. They shoot Barrett 50 cows to take the glass out. And then they just yes, unleash do. everything on them. And you're like, yeah. oh my goodness. And it's so fun because like Will is live texting me and both of us as he's watching this movie. <laughs> and like, and, and I just know, and I, it's so funny. My wife, again, <laughs> cracking up because he's just hate texting through this whole movie. And like, you know, and then. It gets to that point and it all goes wrong because then suddenly you think they've won, then the ship gets destroyed in a great scene. Like, you mm -hmm. know, excellent destruction, fantastic special effects. And you're kind of like, oh, where's this going? And then not eight minutes later, Wills is like, forget everything I said. This is the greatest movie ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the movie was like, how do we win Will over? Oh, I know, an older battleship and have a bunch of old guys show up to save the day. You were right, movie. Yeah. You were right, Ollie. That is exactly how you went. I, I see. I thought. I thought the other way. I was like, ah, I know what they're doing. They're gonna. They're gonna get an old ship. They're gonna get these old timey. Uh, 
these old timey seamen. And uh, I, they kind of lost me until they started playing an ACDC song yeah. and I was right fucking back in it. <laughs> totally redeemed yeah. yourself. Every time I hear that song, I see that movie. I see that see that scene and I'm like, that is it. That is when they just plug right. it into my veins. That for me is the moment when it just elevated. That's the moment when Brad took a shoe off and threw it at the screen. That is the moment where anyone that's watching this movie goes, nope, this is awesome. These guys... Yep. We've got the old vets involved. We're taking the the mighty Mo out, and it's like, and they just we got guitars, and we go, well, yeah, this is what movies are supposed to be, baby. It's awesome. Yeah, it's literally, it's, it's, it's literally the season, the series premiere of Battlestar Galactica, like ripping out all the gift shop stuff from the old battleship and putting it into action. I love it. Is exactly how you win me. Over. I love that yep. trope in a movie where, like, damn, they're 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 impervious to all of our technology. Well. The only thing to do is to go analog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like I love that joke. It's great. Well, see, I watched this movie a dozen times, and I still haven't quite fully figured out the nuance of what's with the aliens. My point being is yeah. that they only attack when they're attacked, so don't attack them. Like, if you notice, right? <laughs> you know, so like they are a malevolent force of of kind, but but the other part is. They only attack if you attack them first. So if you don't shoot them, they won't shoot back. Yeah, what so was their like, mission? But, but also, they will send those razor blade soccer balls, like, crashing the through the city? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, well, I didn't understand. So it's like they attack... Sometimes that rule works. Other times it doesn't. I didn't understand. Well, I yeah, noticed I that the, the big, chewy balls of death, whatever they are, um, didn't kill the young child, went around... Right. And it took out infrastructure. So it was just, it was taking out uh, transport routes in the middle of Honolulu or something like that. So it's taking out, mm-hmm. I guess is what they're trying to listen to me defend this movie. Like it's like, it's amazing. Yeah. So you can look past the uh, thousands of people that were probably brutally killed from this device and save for that one child. Yeah. Yeah. But it didn't go for the child. Right. So they go. Yeah. Uh, it, didn't, it didn't ruin their little league games. So they can't oh. be super evil. But there is, there are, yeah. there are, I think two things that, I mean, the bit where he puts the, the guns to the side hard left, and then he drifts the battleship. He drops the anchor, drifts the battleship, the music goes, dun, 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 and then you get an old guy go, let's drop some lead on this mother, and then just guns start firing, and guitars start oh. going, and drums are going, I go, yep, this is it, mm-hmm. this is me peeking. That's a great scene, yeah, that's a great scene. Really? Yeah. Anytime, anytime they got into actual tactics like that, I was yeah. like into the movie, like legitimately, like no irony, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like anytime they did, Unfortunately, they only did it like two or three times in the yeah. entire film. But any time they did it for like those like 30 yeah. seconds or so, I was like, oh, this yeah. was, this is what this, I want. You, you, hit, you said it earlier. I was like, this seems like it was written as ju- as a, like a generic sci-fi movie that they then tacked on the battleship name and brand to. Because they barely, like, it's just that one scene where you're like, oh, right, battleship, the game, duh. And then yeah, battleship, the actual it. battleship as well. They bring an actual battleship in. <laughs> and then, I, honestly, it does look like there was a lot of cooperation from the Navy because oh, it's production like recruitment, value galore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. real jets and, and real, real, real yeah. boats and, you know, everything going on and access yeah. to Pearl Harbor and things like that. So, yeah. I mean, that's what, again, makes it look so good. But then the other thing, <laughs> other best part of this movie is like, cool, I mean, other movies exist, but does that movie have a disabled veteran 
punching the teeth out of the head of an alien in slow motion? No, they do not. So that's why. Well, I, I, well, no, I don't. I don't know. I haven't seen Andy Sedaris's other films, so I can't. I can't speak <laughs> <to that. laughs> A topless model punches the teeth out of out of a snake that's infested with rat cancer. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I. You know. Yeah. No. Absolutely. This movie. They definitely got their defense department uh, tax oh, yeah. on this movie. There's no way they didn't. Um, I think the Department of Defense is even thanked at, at the end credits, which I did sit through all the end credits to get that post-credit scene. Uh, the, po- the post-credit scene, which a lot of people <laughs> don't know about, but that's the one that sets up the sequel that never happened. But it's I like... Never uh, will. <laughs> Dude, Taylor Kitsch is down, though. I mean... If he's down, I'd be down. Um, I love this movie. Like, for me... Yeah, right. Um, will, where'd you end up then? Once, like I said, you were... The movie's ridiculous, then it becomes amazing. How would you describe this movie to other people? Would you recommend it to people? Would you rank it, you know, or is it just like, it's a piece of shit? No, I, I would absolutely, this is definitely like another like party film. Like guys, let's all watch Battleship. Cause yeah. like, this is, cause I was having fun even through the like, the nonsense um, of what was <laughs> happening. I was still enjoying it. Um, I wish yeah. I could find it. Somebody at one point published an article that was all of Rihanna's lines from the movie with no other context, she has like 23 lines and someone was like, I just had to count what all of them were. And I just remember, this is years ago, reading through it being like, fried chicken, Kentucky, Kentucky fried, fried chicken. chicken. Kentucky yeah, fried and it was, <laughs> and that was it. It was just stuff like yeah. that. And I was just like, what could this possibly mean in context? Like, like the the Captain Nagata. Yeah, she felt <laughs> yeah. a little shoehorned into this film, but it worked. Like, you know, she had that, she had that presence, I think. Uh, she was great in it. She's the sassy... The sassy uh, pilot. So, I don't know what yeah, she, I don't she know. looked good. She handles her yeah. uh, weapon well. Yeah, as well. Yeah. I, yeah. I think. And her, I think the thing and her and Jesse, is, her and Jesse Plemons, her and Jesse Plemons together yeah. are great. I thought they. Were exactly. Oh yeah, Jesse Plemons is in this movie. Every yeah, yes, Jesse Plemons is in this movie, <laughs> and he's great in every bit that he's in. Yeah. It's great. And I think the other part is that Peter Berg has done quite a lot of sort of military-based movies and things like that. So mm-hmm. he takes that stuff seriously, yeah. and he gets the training done. Which is why they're all, you know, it's like you're saying, Will, when they're when they're talking through their tactics or there's communication between people and they're giving ranges and stuff like that, it all feels very real because I think yeah. it is. You know, I'd say that a lot of those people that were on the vessels were probably actual naval yeah. people that they've put the, the sort of the actors around. Um, so just it's a, for me, it is such a um, a happy place movie, and because I always know, I'm like Ollie, just. Or we have to just wait, just wait, and you're going to get such a payoff. <laughs> like, there it is! I just feel so good by the time that movie ends. I'm just like, yep, I'll sign up for the Navy right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, this thing for me, this movie, you're, this, this is such a fun, fun movie to watch. A fun, actually, turn your brain off action Sunday afternoon, like, mm-hmm. movie to watch. And you're right, you can turn it on anytime and just watch it through and just have a blast. And like you said, if you watch it, if you happen to watch it with a group of people, much like we did with Geostorm, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a blast, man. It doesn't take itself yeah. too seriously. It's this movie is the equivalent of like a kid smashing just a bunch of action figures together yeah. in, in a bathtub, in a bathtub. In a bathtub, yeah. 100%. I'm, my son, so you know, I mean, like Ryan, you know, especially like my son doesn't really like to watch movies, but he came and watched Independence Day with us um, when it was July 4th. Um, and he kind of dug it, you know, he was into it. He was enjoying his favorite yeah, character was vibe. like, this sort of the uh, ambiguously gay boss, the, the guy whose voice is like this. 
Um, Harvey oh. Firestein. <laughs> my son, my yeah. son and my daughter, actually, they loved him. But like my son couldn't stop laughing every time he spoke. <laughs> Just, yeah, the comedy great. was in the guy's voice and then we died they were he's like in, oh, uh, he was our favorite yeah, he's, he's in uh, Mrs. Doubtfire oh yeah yep. dude he's the makeup artist <laughs> that's right so then so I'm watching Battleship and my son comes in and he's like what are you watching and I go oh it's Battleship buddy it's kind of like Independence Day but on the water it's basically but I was like so on the, yeah. along those lines is I say that, that Battleship is a movie that you can watch all the guys together you can watch yeah. it with your missus you can watch it with your kids you know, it's one of those movies you can throw yeah. up and people are going to have a good time. And, you know, and it's like, yeah. there's no, it's none of the bad boys too stuff. You know, right. definitely, d- definitely don't watch Hard Ticket to Hawaii with your kids in the room. <laughs> 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 no, let them watch that by themselves upstairs. Um, exactly. <laughs> before we, uh, before we get into the, I'm going to do it slightly differently this time. Is this the also rans? Because I didn't have my sort of also rans. Mine was forgetting Sarah Marshall. As well, so I was yeah. circling forgetting, forgetting Sarah Marshall and Battleship. Were there any other yeah. movies that, like, I'm not thinking of or that you thought of that you reckon? I mean, because I saw circled Jurassic Park. I I toyed with the idea. Yeah, of, yeah, I thought about that too. You know, I thought about that too. But you, you, but you're right. Like, how much? Like, I, I know it was filmed there, but how much of it feels like just generic tropical island? I think because um, it doesn't take yeah, place there either. No, no, no. It's right. supposed to be off the island, like off Costa Rica yeah, or something. Costa like that, Rica, right? exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just any, just throw a throw a dart at a board with any Adam Sandler movie. You could have gone that route. Fifty well, first we, dates. We go, I'm actually a big yeah, fan of that movie. One. I almost went yeah. with that one. That's right. That's a good point. Yeah. But I, I same way, same way that forgetting Sarah Marshall is like a Hawaii movie. It felt I felt similar in that sense. Um, but yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't really have any. I, once you said hard, hard ticket to Hawaii, I was like, yes, shut it down. You yeah. should only watch that one movie. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, you went from six to twelve, right? <laughs> yeah, went, from yes. six, went from six to midnight. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Six to midnight. That's the line. Jonah Hill, man, it's so funny. Uh, Will, Ed, what about you, mate? Yeah, no, I, I think we we settled on our movies pretty quick. Um, mm-hmm. I, I forget who someone did throw out Lilo and Stitch, which. What I was fine and yeah. stitch as well. Um, you know, and uh, but ultimately, this is kind of where this is kind of where I think we landed on these pretty quick and didn't consider too much else. Um, it will be interesting to revisit the state, like when we go around again, because mm-hmm. um, I definitely want to get feedback from our audience. Like, what yeah, should we? Be that's great. Covering, yeah, that's for um, sure. Which I look forward to that. But yeah, no, there wasn't a whole lot of other options. So this one, it's, we've been getting some really tricky, tricky um, episodes recently, uh, which I enjoy. And what I also like is we genuinely don't know where we're going to end up until we end up there. Um, mm-hmm. And this this is another one. So this sort of like, let's break down and let's try and figure out which has got the most Hawaii to it. So very quickly, I'll kind of like go through the way I look at it. Forgetting Sarah Marshall is sort of very Hawaii, but 95% of it takes place on a resort, okay, which is yeah. not strictly hawaii hawaii right we have that one scene right. on the beach with a few locals where we actually get a little bit of color a little bit of culture and it ends up being a fist fight okay yeah. that's not it's great like, it's, um, yeah, it's like that first season of white lotus like you know it's hawaii but they don't leave the resort hard ticket yeah. to hawaii does take us all over the place there is different beaches there are shanties there are back roads there are plains there are mountains there is ocean restaurants and breasts um, yep. you know, galore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Battleship 
um, you get kind of like, all right, the whole of Hawaii is taking place. We get the sort of Pearl Harbor of it, the Navy of it. Then there's the Brooklyn Decker sort of like, and that, yeah. that crazy scientist we didn't even mention. But like, you know, so oh, yeah. there's the, the, oh, yeah. and the mountains and the city. So we get like, we get the infrastructure destruction and things like that, you know, but like, you know, doesn't get too much into the culture. I mean, none of them really did. That's why I almost wish I'd gone a bit more Lilo and Stitch in a way. So, but anyway, mm. where are you guys landing on this one? Because this is going to be a tricky one. I'm with Will that the revisit's probably going to be great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so, tough. I, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards forgetting Sir Marshall because it's the most, I mean, most grounded, but at least it also does show some of the other cultures in Hawaii. Yeah, it's like little as yeah. is there. Um, yeah. at least show at least shows it uh, which hard ticket to Hawaii is uh, is more just Andy Sedaris's fantasy there's a is. now hang on there's a Hawaiian guy in that movie he's got he's there got the little a little skeleton he's, he's got the little skeleton uh, thing he gets he gets a a, a shuriken thrown into his yeah, shoulder it's a ninja star and, into his shoulder and it deals with that injury he's holding that injury the entire yes. movie that poor guy yeah, yeah. Uh, even while he's driving he's just like I, I don't think yeah. he ever patches it up but uh <laughs> but yeah like that's the one that's the one like native guy yeah. on the island um and then battleship is uh i don't think a fair representation even though it shows a lot of hawaii and it's really fun uh i, I think i'm leaning towards sarah marshall what about you mm -hmm. Ryan? interesting uh, i mean my my heart and soul is lives in the hard ticket to hawaii <laughs> but you, you do make it i mean because you can't you know, you asked this with, uh, I think, the last episode. Can you take the movie and set it somewhere else, and does it still work? And I don't think any of these movies really do. I guess Sarah Marshall, if they were like, oh, we're there, they go to Puerto Rico or or Costa Rica or any, any other, like, postal town could have worked. But hard ticket to Hawaii, man. I mean, it's in the name there, too. You know, it tells you. <laughs> tells you, tells you, tells you, you know? I think but, I'm looking at it the same way that Will does in a way, is that as much as Hard Ticket to Hawaii has got the most Hawaii, that, yeah. that forgetting Sarah Marshall does remind you that Hawaii isn't populated by white people. Right. Know, it's like that here are Fair, yeah. natives and here are the, you know, and the way and the history and the culture that I would really like, I think, in the future to get a really good recommendation of like, some cool like indie Hawaiian movie that tells the story of like, like a family or something like that. So I think Though in that like way, surfs, like 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 surfs up, <laughs> <laughs> or Hobbs and Shaw, uh, right? <laughs> but that, that's that's kind of where I'm. Is that like I feel like yeah, sure a hard ticket to Hawaii is just like is it kind of like what yeah. Will said is if if blonde topless women ruled the world, that's the Hawaii that he wanted to live in. That battleship, while it does give us yeah. a lot of hawaii takes place in the water a lot but again right i'm not i'm not i'm not thinking with my heart i'm thinking with my um <laughs> never mind you're right i i i i i rescind my previous statement and i will i co-sign on forgetting sarah marshall okay so we've landed on but well, i think i why well, i'm interested in this one i think that we've landed somewhat reluctantly we feel like we could have mm -hmm. done better you know yeah. i feel like there's got to be a really good Hawaii movie, a really incredible Hawaii movie out there. So I really kind of like, we're going to look into this. When we come back for season two, when we circle back to Hawaii, maybe we'll get a good guest on and we'll have a really good movie to, to take out. But these were still brilliant movies 
to watch. I would recommend if you're listening to watch all of them. Much like Ryan has said, Hard Ticket to Hawaii is not one to watch with the kids around. Actually, neither is Forgetting Sarah Marshall, to be quite honest. Uh, True. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. a lot of penis yeah. in that movie. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the movie for everybody is Battleship. So I will take yeah. I'll take the moral victory on that one. Um, so we decided that the official movie for Hawaii here on the United States Movie Podcast is Forgetting Sarah Marshall until someone turns up to dethrone it with something better. But, 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 but we cannot end without knowing where we're going next. Um, and okay. I do know where we're going next, fellas. It's an interesting one. I know one movie that's almost 100% going to turn up, but it's not me that's going to pick it. We are heading to the state of Oregon. Oregon. Okay. And I've got a great, great movie that I'm already convinced is going to win. I've got a great one. And it is not the one you're thinking of. The absolute classic that if it doesn't turn up in this podcast, I will be mortified and may have to change my choice. But <laughs> is, until is, it hard to, is it hard ticket to Portland? <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> well, until that time, our fellas, you guys get thinking. You guys at home, thank you so much for listening. Um, make sure you can join in as well. Look up, send us some suggestions for Oregon movies before we record that episode. Like, subscribe, share. All of that helps us in the algorithm. Please just text it to your friends. Tell them to come and join the conversation. Have a good time. Yeah. Listen to us while you're exercising or cleaning up. Uh, Ryan, Will, thanks for the great recommendations as always. And of course, for the great chat. Can't wait to see what you bring to the table for Oregon. But until then, we'll see you guys on the next episode of the United States of a Movie Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>